Welcome back, everybody, to football today. Today, uh, the episode is going to take a little, you know, different turn. I'm going to be doing my favorite 11 based on players I like, based on, um, you know, the style of play they do, what they've done for the clubs and the countries also. And these, these are basically the 11 favorites, I guess, of couple of them are not favorites, but I got to put them in because, you know, I'm also making the best 11 in my in my mind. So we'll start with that, basically. Um, before we do, actually, um, I just want to say uh, it's been a couple of rough days. So, uh, again, thank you guys for the support. I mean, some people have been asking me, you know, when the next episode has been coming out. And I said... Uh, it's it's, wor- it's it's a work in progress right now because uh, there's a lot going on the past two days, but that's that's in the past, so we can get these podcasts going because I got a bunch to say. So you know, my favorite eleven. Um, I didn't know what formation to put. Um, I ended up with a th- a back three. I ended up with a back three with three midfielders, a cam, and three forwards. Yeah, it's very weird. It's not really wide. Sort of playing like a 90s football. Very narrow, through the middle, slow. Um, I got pace up top, so I'm not worried about, you know, not being able to, you know, go past defenders, make runs into channels. Not worried about that at all. I got a solid back line. A couple guys maybe out of positions, but, you know, these guys are so good. It doesn't matter. They can play in. You know, so many positions. So let's get it started. You know, uh, favorite eleven uh, slash best eleven in my eyes. Um, obviously, there's gonna be some bias because you know some of these guys are also, you know, iconics. And in my mind, like I was growing up, and this used to be what either you know my my dad told me about or my uncle. You know, um, some of them is what who like I watched the first time. Or I grew in love with them and now it's just, you know, it's like, it's inseparable to me. So, in goal, I put Oliver Kahn. Um, in my eyes, the best goalie um, right now. Uh, I wouldn't say best goalie right now. You know, there's really good goalies. But, again, he, I think he's one of the best. Um, when Neuer retires, Neuer will take that best keeper of all time, in my opinion. But Neuer's still playing. Uh, I was never going to put Nord because, again, he's still playing. So I had to put Khan, you know, the Titan. Um, Khan, you know, he's, he's you know, the type of player he was, I love. You know, get in your face. Um, dirty, not dirty as in the way, you know, he would try to injure, you know. He was dirty as in he would get down, grind, you know, get dirty, you know, pull pull his sleeves up, you know, that type of guy. And I love that, you know. You know, this is the type of guy, you know, if you got in a fight with, or no, if if you got in a fight, he would be behind you. You know, he he would, he would he would definitely definitely be behind you, and he would, you know, not back down. If it's two against ten guys and you're in a fight and you're the two, he's right next to you. You ain't running. He got you. He's like that type of homie. And the fact that you know. Khan, his career was also great, you know, but besides the career part, 
his character, you know, you know, wearing a hat as a keeper. Yeah, Yashin did that, but you know, back in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, you know, wearing a hat as a keeper, you know, trying to kick people. You know, the game where Miroslav Klose wasn't marking on the corner, and he, you know, he grabbed him and tell him what he's doing. And Miroslav Klose was just, just frightened. He, he looked like he just saw death. You know. And I like that guy, you know. He's the type of guy to tell you, you know, you got to do something differently. You're messing, the, you know, the flow of the team. You know, you're messing up. And he's the type of guy to, you know, protect you too. He's that type of guy. I put Oliver Kahn, you know, he's won the Euro Cup. He's won the Champions League. He's won the league eight times. Um, you know, he won the UEFA Cup also. Only thing he's missing from his record, I guess, is the World Cup. But he wasn't on the 90 uh germany squad and you know late 90s germany was also really not the top of the world i guess you know but he's also one player of the year as a football uh, as a keeper in germany and he for Bayern, you know he was footballer of the year too twice so you know for me this guy is something else and you have to realize you know world cup 2002 you know germany made it to the finals i know you know if you look at it you know if hindsight how did Germany make it but you know if you grind out one ones and one zeros you can make it far that's how the tournament goes and he was the best keeper you know if it wasn't for that one fluff you know and I think he was playing with broken fingers too Germany would have won the World Cup yeah they were going against like you know the scary Brazilian squad but you know he, he was player of the year in World Cup you know but it's it's still it's still a good you know resume you know he's won the UEFA Cup he's won the Champions League he's won the European Cup one more he would have had a trifecta you know but pretty good resume for me um, so that's 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 my keeper Oliver Kahn the the back line so like I said I went for a back three it's tough it's tough because I want to go to back four and uh, but I couldn't find another center back couldn't so i had to play as two center backs and out uh the outside center backs are uh you know they're they're basically full backs also so on the left side my favorite players maldini paolo maldini paolo maldini for me is like the perfect italian sort of you know this guy has like 126 caps you know, in in uh, the senior team for Italy, um, he he played left back, he played center back. You know, he captained Italy at a young age. He played next to Franco Baresi, Costa Curta. You know, all these. You know, and he's a one club man too. That's that, you know, for me, that's also important because if you realize, you know, he, how long did he play for AC Milan? Well, I think it was like twenty five years, twenty four years. I love guys like that, one-man team. And if you look at it, you know he has like 900 games total for Italy and and um, and AC Milan. 900 games. It's crazy. And he's a defender. And he, the thing about it is like, people forget about him, probably because AC Milan not doing good. People forget about him because they might think he's old. But I mean, he won the he won. Think about it. He won the European Champions, the Champions League back then. He won it back in the late 80s, 
80, 89, 90. He won that. He won it in like 2002, 2003. He won it in 93, 94 against Barcelona. And he won it in 06, 07. So he won it in like different stages all over, you know, against different types of opponents. He won one back in the 80s. He won one in the 90s. He won one in the 2000s. Imagine three decades he played. Three decades. You know, and he won the Italian championship a lot. You know, I think he won it like seven times. He won the Super Cup. Um, he won the, you know, you also won UEFA Super Cups a lot, you know, because you're always winning Champions League. You know, the part about it that's so well that I think Maldini, probably his regret is that he had never success for Italy. He wasn't, he, it's sad because I feel like, you know, this guy deserved to be on that 2000. I mean, he should have, He for me, I'm thinking like, how did this guy not win a medal for Italy? Yeah, he wasn't on the 2006 squad that won. You know, 2002, Italy with that, you know, horrible refereeing decision, I, was, I believe it was against Korea. Um, 98, World Cup, nothing. You know, he he only had two World Cup appearances. Two. 98 and 2002. This guy played three decades. Euro Cup, only two. 96 and 88. It, it's, it's, it's crazy because the only thing he's lacking, you know, only thing he's lacking among us is, a, you know, an international trophy. But Maldini, you know, he's probably one of the top five defenders of all time. Next up, I'm going to go with another German, someone my dad was talking about, you know, to me um, when he was basically my age and watching football, Franz Beckenbauer, Beckenbauer, you know, 100, 100, over 100 games, over 100 caps for Germany. And, uh, you know, he played, you know, the, the thing about, you know, Beckenbauer is that, you know, he played a sweeper role, right? You know, he got the ball, drove it forward, right? And he can also, you know, swoop on behind to get any balls. But he played sweeper. He played center back. He played central midfield. He could play, like, four positions on either side of the center backs, too. Like, he could play left side. He could play right side. He could play a little below them as a sweeper. He could go into midfield because he was a good passer. He had good vision. He did. He did everything. He basically did a lot. And, you know, his, his, um, what was it, like, his honors, crazy. You know, he's won the Champions League three times in a row for Bayern. He won the Euro Cup. He won the World Cup, right? He won football over here, like, four times. He won, like, UEFA best player in Europe, like, two times. This guy, you know, this guy is, like, you know, he, if, if, you know, if Germany can make a statue of a football player to represent what Germany is, they'd probably make it out of Franz, Franz Beckenbauer. And he's, you know, he's also an honorary president for Bayern Munich. This guy is like not only a football legend, but he's like a legend for the sport that, you know, if, if a guy passes away or, you know, he leaves the sport, you know, it leaves a salty taste for the, for the sport. Because Franz Beckenbauer is really important for the sport. He's like an iconic person. You know, he's very iconic. You know, if, if people play FIFA, how many times do you see a Franz Beckenbauer card? Very rarely. And if, if you see one or you want to buy one, it's, it's a lot. I know I'm making a FIFA reference, but and then probably most people don't care. But 
you have to think about it in like that perspective is like you know this guy is so rare in fifa that like it, when you get him it's like wow it's like a privilege it's like you got to take care of it it's like you know back in the day if you ever collected baseball cards or football cards or you know nba cards or anything like that and if you got one you know nba legend or something like that and then it was like you know you would put in a seal you don't want anyone to touch it you don't want to get a crease that's what beckenbauer is in my eyes next one um i'm gonna go with philip lom i'm gonna put him in the uh, right side of a back three Philip Lom, I mean, what's there to talk about Philip Lom? In my eyes, probably one of the, one of the best right backs also. You know, one club man, uh, World Cup, Champions League. Um, sad to say he didn't win the Euros. Could have won more world, uh, more um, more Champions League. But, you know, he got the Champions League he needed. He got the World Cup he needed. He, you know... Pep Guardiola even said, you know, the guy, Philip Lam, could play in 10 positions. Easy. No problem. 10 positions. If a coach says that, if a manager says that about a player that could play 10, you know, he could play 10 positions. That should be a clear indication that, you know, if this guy is so smart, you know, he has no physical ability. He's not strong. He's not tall. He's not that fast. He's just a bit quick, you know, for the acceleration part. But once once it gets up to speed, you know, players can run past him. So he's not that either, right? He's not tall, so he can't win aerial duels. He can't, hit, you know, and he's a fullback. So if there's a cross in the far post, there's a problem there. But his positioning is barring on, like, if I had to rate it, like, 95, 96. Realistic ratings. You know, his passing is on point. His movement's on point. This right side with Robin always overlapping or cutting short or moving inside. What do you think, you know, people don't people don't give him credit for that because they think, oh, Robin did everything. But, you know, he created space for Robin. And he was important for Germany, you know. Put him into central midfield, balled out, right? Pep put him into central midfield for Bayern, he did fine, you know. People are saying, oh, it's, why is Philip Lahm in central midfield? I mean, Philip Lahm can play whatever he wants. Remember one game he put, scored, uh, I think he scored a double against Augsburg, and he nutmeg a guy in their box, and he's a right back. So, and you never see him get caught out. Yeah, you would obviously get caught out once or twice, you know. Maybe he had a bad game or something like that. But Philip Lom, I, oh my God, that's the thing. I don't ever remember Philip Lom having like such a bad game, like a performance. Like for me, it's like, oh, I got a pinpoint, like Philip Lom did this bad. I don't, I can't remember. Maybe I'm sure he had, but you know, you know, probably like 90% or something like that has been a really good performance. So you never, you know, the odd ones out, you don't remember. You always remember the good 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 performance the good games the good uh, matches so philip lom that's my back three with my goalie Maldi uh, oliver khan and gold maldini beckenbauer and lom that's my you know my uh, back line and my goalie now midfield i'm doing a midfield of three um i'm doing a flat three also so you know these guys are the type of guys that can make runs into the box they can support the attackers they can track back. They can put in good challenges. They can tackle. They can win balls in the air. These guys, you know, my midfield is as good as probably any midfield. You know, they're probably not the fastest, not the best passers. But for the eye, eye test, you know, 
being at the right position, playing the right passes, being a leader, creating space, supporting. They're born winners. So my midfield three is Bastian Schweinsteiger, Lothar Matthäus, and Paul Scholes. Schweinsteiger, my favorite player of all time. I got nothing, you know, what is there to say about him? You know, he's he's a leader, you know, the game against Argentina where, you know, he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting, you know, he gets, you know, he gets an elbow from Aguero, he's bleeding and he gets back in and he he goes after the ball, he wants to win the ball, he's, you know, doesn't stop, he keeps running, you know, he's the morale of this guy, you know, he can lead a whole army into battle, that's Schweinsteiger, you know. Um, you know the penalty against Madrid in 2012, where he takes it and then he takes his he takes his kid off, he takes his top off, and he holds it out, and you look at him, you're like, wow, that guy, that guy can motivate me to do anything. He can motivate me to sell a pencil. That that's Schweinsteiger. You know, when you look at him, you're like, wow, I want to go play football now. That's what Schweinsteiger. When I saw Schweinsteiger. That's what I thought. And that's what I thought, you know. And he's my favorite player of all time. If I was a player, I would want to be him. You know, I don't care about the, you know, the honors and everything. I can't say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna pick the guy with the most honors, most trophies. Eh, I don't, I don't view football like that. I want to see if the guy can play. And Schweinsteiger, you know, he's the type of guy no one hates. You know, there's some players that no one hates. So my next one is uh, Lothar Matthäus. Theos also, you know, most caps for Germany. He was a tank in midfield. You know, he might be like five foot, I think he's like five foot eight. You know, he's not that tall, but he, he's a rock. Like, you know, trying to get past him, you know. He played a lot of roles late in his career. He was like a sweeper, defense, uh, center back. Um, he it like sort of like... I guess he was a mixture of both, but I mean, he played defensive midfield and attacking midfield. You know, he made runs in the box. Um, he didn't score too many, but I mean, he, he scored some really good bangers. Um, like I said, most caps for Germany. I think he has 150, 150, yeah. I think it was 150, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he played a lot of, he played for a lot of good, you know, he played for, for Mönchengladbach. He played for Bayern Munich. He played for Inter, um, and he even he even came back to uh, Bayern Munich. So um, he he's one he's done a lot. Um, he's also pr- missing one trophy from his uh, cabinet, and that's the Champions League. Um, you know, you know, Lothar Matthäus is the one. He won. He won the Ballon d'Or. He won like UEFA Best Player. Um, he won Football of the Year. He won the World Cup. He won uh, the Euro Cup uh, for uh, Germany. I think he was young. He was back in like 1980. He won the ch- uh, the German Cup many times. Uh, he even won the Italian uh, Championship. Uh, he's won the UEFA Cup a couple times. Footballer of the Year. So basically everything, he's only missing the Champions League and never happened. Uh, probably, in, I, think, I think he was on the squad in 99, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was on the squad. Yeah, we lost that game, obviously, but yeah, he was on the squad, runner-up. So if he won 99, it would have been a, you know, he would have won the Champions League, the Euro Cup, the World Cup, and the UEFA Cup. Again, 
one hardware missing out, but he's won a lot of things. I mean, he's won the Ballon d'Or, the World Cup, everything, you know, and he's done it for two teams, you know, you know, Ballon d'Or for Inter, won the World Cup for Germany. So, you know, you won the UEFA Cup with Bayern Munich and Inter. So he's done a lot and he's probably the biggest, like, you know, my dad was talking to my uncle how, you know, uh, he was like a tank in midfield. He, you know, he might be five foot eight, but, you know, don't, looks could be deceiving. You know, when you get on that pitch, he looks like he's like six foot eight. So that's my second midfield. My third midfield, you know, everybody keeps, you know, they're surprised that I always pick Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes is probably my favorite player that came out of England. Um, it's it's a, it's a shame that his, uh, you know, his national team success was not that great uh, with the problems with the managers, the coaching, the abundance of talents. They didn't know what to do. But for me, it's, you know, a lot of people say who's the best mid- English midfielder, Lampard, um, Gerard, Scholes. For me, I don't know which one is the best, but I would take Paul Scholes. That's just me because I got other midfielders to do other types of work. But, you know, again, you could play defensive midfield. You could play central midfield. You could play attacking midfield. It's Paul Scholes. You could do whatever he wants. Um, you know, you're going to get a good performance out of him. And again, one club man. He's a one club man. Um, that's what I love. One club man. Just like Schweinsteiger. Just like Maldini. Just like Lom. So, one club man. Love it. You know, he has a lot of games for... For... Um, for uh, Manchester United, he has like over 700 games. He he's got a bunch of goals. You know, he wasn't a goal scorer, but he's got a good amount of goals for for a midfielder. You know, again, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest. You know, not like the best passer, but again, it's just the intangibles. It's the one you, you can't put a price on. And uh, you know, he's won a lot of things for Manchester United. You know, Manchester United were really successful under Sir Alex Ferguson and he was that one guy that stayed the whole time. You know, he's won he's won the EPL like eleven times. Eleven times. He won the Champions League like twice. He won he won the FA Cup and the League Cup, all that. But again, World Cup ninety eight, he was a participant, two thousand two participant, that's it. He didn't do much after Euro Cup again, 2000 and 2004. Again, uh, internationally, I guess you could say that Paul Scholes wasn't the Paul Scholes of Manchester United, whether it be a bunch of talent, they didn't know what to do, whether it's been a manager, the tactics, you know, maybe there, it wasn't, there was no unity inside the locker room. I don't know. But that England squad didn't win anything. They did not pull through and they didn't win anything. But Paul Scholes still remains to be one of my favorite English players, if not my favorite. Um, to my so I guess I have an I have a attacking midfielder. I didn't know who to put, so and I was going for my favorites. But this is I guess where I gotta change it up a little and pick, you know, the best. Also, I want to win, so I gotta put Zidane. I put Zidane, you know. What do you got to say about Zidane? You know, Zidane, you know, he just won three Champions League in a row with uh, with Real Madrid. He could play attacking midfielder. He can move out to the left side. Um, 
You know, he has like a hundred over a hundred caps for France also. Um, so I think yeah, he he won the World Cup and the Euro Cup. Just looking for the years, yeah, he won ninety eight World Cup and two thousand Euro Cup for France. He won the Champions League in oh one oh two against Leverkusen with that uh, with that volley left left foot. Also in this position, I was gonna say by the way, I was gonna put Balak, but I didn't. I put Zidane. Um, I don't know why. I just just decided you know let's change it up. I already have a few Germans in there, so I put I put uh, Zidane. Um, what was it? So I guess his. I just let let me just throw this in. I guess his. You know, downside of his career is probably a few, uh, you know World Cup 2006 with the headbutt on uh, Matarazzi, I believe. Whatever happened, you know, it is what it is. But they could have easily won a World Cup back here too, and he would have had two, and he would have probably been in a conversation for one of the best, but. Again, he's he's won like the Ballon d'Or for two teams, Juve and Real Madrid. He's won even the Ballon d'Or like three times. FIFA Best Player, um, Footballer of the Year. Um, you know, he won he won the Spanish Championship, Spanish Cup. He won the Italian Championship, Italian Cup. Everything. You know the way you you know foot uh, Player of the Year in um, in France. Um, footballer of the year so he's he's done a lot and it's Zidane you know he he had that he had that sauce I guess people would say yeah that sauce you know he was a great footballer my front three is probably in my opinion the scariest front three of all time like I don't think there's a debate but I guess you could say my left side is Cristiano Ronaldo my right side is Leon Messi and in the middle is Ronaldo R9 Ronaldo the greatest striker of all time, in my opinion. You know, Ronaldo. Let's. I think we should start with Ronaldo because I think everybody knows what Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi have done, and we're still watching. So, I don't. I don't think I will go into. You know what? What I guess Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi will do or we'll get there but it's it's tough in a way because you know they're still playing all the guys i've listed are not i mean they are i mean schweinsteiger's in mls but i'm not too concerned about schweinsteiger because he's basically at the end of his career and he's taking a holiday in chicago but i think we'll talk about both We'll talk about both uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi soon. But let's start off with R9, Ronaldo, a phenomenon. You know, he has, you know, he has so many goals. You know, he may not have a greatest, uh, you know, I guess longevity for football. But for the time he was there and what he did, I don't care about, you know, Messi and Ronaldo you know, CR7 and Messi might score like 60, 70 goals, right? But Ronaldo, R9, he scored goals when he mattered. He didn't miss. His conversion rate was high. You know, I'm looking at it uh, right here. I think I just Googled it. He has 98 caps for Brazil, 62 goals. 
62 goals, 98 caps. He don't miss. He won the Ballon d'Or three times with three different teams. Three different teams. He won the UEFA Best Player. He won top score multiple times. Player of the Year. Footballer of the Year. He won the World Cup twice. Spanish Championship. Dutch Cup. Spanish Cup. UEFA Cup. Confederation Cup. Super Cup. Everything. Top score. Player of the Year. Footballer of the Year. Everything. And he would have probably won 98-2 if it wasn't for what happened before the final. With I think with everything that happened with his dad or something like that. You know, it's still a mystery to me too. I keep trying to get to the bottom of it. But I feel like if I do, I might, I might you know, regret him not winning three World Cups. But, and I, you know, he won the World Cup in 94. Um, he was young. He was in America. But still, he was good enough to be on that squad. Um, 2002 came around. He balled out. That team was scary. Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo. Insane, insane team. So, he has a lot of honors also. There's nothing to talk about here. I think, again, scary as baddest man up front. One-on-one with your keeper. It's a goal 99% of the time. Left side, Cristiano Ronaldo. Right side, Messi. I don't have anything to say. We both know. I wasn't going to take, uh, you know, I was I was either going to not put either of them or put both of them. I decided to just put both of them and just go with this favorite 11 slash best 11 in my eyes. Uh, I was never going to put one over the other because then everybody would be like, oh, well, you like Messi or you like Ronaldo and you hate this guy. Uh, I don't hate either. I prefer one over the other because of, you know, one would fit for Bayern Munich more than the other. But both are great. Both are generation type players. They're in the GOAT conversation. So, yeah. Let me know what you guys think for my favorite 11. And let me know what you guys will put in your favorite 11. Um, I got Khan in the back. Three in the back. Maldini, Beckenbauer, Lam. Three in midfield. Schweinsteiger, Matthäus, Scholes. I have an attacking midfielder of Zidane. Left side, Cristiano Rodo. Right side, Messi. And up front, R9, Ronaldo. That's my 11. Weird formation, but, you know, we're basically attacking with four and we're having support, support runs from midfield from either Schweinsteiger, Matthäus, or Scholes, whichever one, I don't know. And then we got the three walls in the back of Maldini, Beckerbauer, Lam. And, you know, Beckerbauer can go forward. Lam can go forward. So, I mean, I can score eight goals and concede four. I'll be fine with that. Um, again, guys, that's my favorite slash best 11 in my eyes. Let me know what you guys think yours is. And let me know what you guys think of mine. Um, that's that. And uh, I just want to say one more time. Thank you for support, guys. It's been awesome. Um, you can again, you can hear the podcast on a bunch of platforms: Anchor, uh, Google, Spotify, iTunes, um, a lot of a lot of places. Um, and if you go on Anchor, you can uh, support the podcast for me to make more podcasts to keep this going. So the support has been great thus far. Um, you guys are amazing, and we'll see you guys for another episode soon.